Hello and welcome to another episode of The Love Boat. This week is another losing episode. We've seen it quite a few times this year. That game was terrible. I hated it. And for some reason, Preet wants me to hand it off to him right in the beginning. So go ahead, buddy. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I was with the laughter, you can hear Tom's definitely on this episode. But we do have another special guest. The permanent laugh track whenever Tom. By the way, the I just got run over by like a bus. It's like, yeah, you heard Tom's laugh. He's on this episode. By the way, someone else is. Although, too. Also, Tom, by Tom. the way, we're not Tom, giving Tom this free reign is, to is, talk the whole episode. So this is my worry. moment to shine. This is my moment to shine. So let me let me introduce our next Your guest. Your moment to shine. You're introducing someone else. Yes. But this is my moment. So in a nutshell. there have been jokes made about how I view Cy Amundsen as my hero. That is not true. This man is my hero. He is. And this is the, the, the amount frankly, of inside information that's going the, to happen. the Frankly, the only way I can put it, he's the voice of a generation. He's the air every hater breathes. He's an adult man who owns he looks way like too- Bam Margera in 2006. <laughs> he's an adult man who owns way too much GameStop stock and forgot to sell it at the right time. He is the one. The only JPG. How you doing, buddy? Well, uh, the right time to sell GameStop hasn't happened yet, Preet. If you were still following <laughs> on the, the saga, you'd know that. Uh, I mean, it's going to be basically the next cryptocurrency. I'm, I'm holding GameStop, and I'm also holding this thing called Cumcoin. Um, basically, it is the... Um, I'm pretty sure Carter's grandmother still listens to this podcast. <laughs> That's not okay. Anymore. Not anymore. She might invest in Cumcoin <laughs> next. Yeah, so Carter's that, mom also had, or Carter's grandma also at Chipotle for the first time ever this week. So she's learning about a couple new well, things. Great drop. Great family guy that, drop. Great since drop. I fell ill. Yeah. So, guys, how Cumcoin works is like a two factor authentication for masturbating <laughs> and porn up. When you ejaculate to a video, you burn um one cum coin and then that's that's how the inflation problem of crypto is is handled and obviously from there that you know the value just rises it's, exponentially. Is it held on the cock chain? Um, yeah, believe, believe it or not, believe it or not, I, and I'm really happy you're saying in the project. The, the cock chain guy actually exit scammed everybody. He made off with like millions upon millions. It's it's the subreddit is really not happy with that guy these days. Okay, that is JPG Joe. Hey, you know what? This episode's kind of like a little Siamans and show reunion with special guest Carter. Hey, buddy. Ooh, Carter is COVID. Um, all right, let's talk about. We're going to try to stay on track. It's not going to happen. Uh, the Vikings, lit- we thought the Raiders game was bad, and it was. I was really demoralized at the end of this Bengals game. And, you know, it is a loss. We did beat the Raiders somehow. Preet, I'll just start with you because I don't know what is going on here. Uh, how would you feel about that, bro? That's what it I'm was- going it was probably the most Vikings loss ever. You just knew that the moment that uh, the it moment that the transcends front yeah. offices. I don't know. How no, that. it's it's a backup quarterback who used to be on this team number one. But it's just also the moment the offense started going, the defense falls apart cataclysmically. Uh, I don't know if this this stat was well uh, well versed or anything, but the fact is the Vikings hadn't uh, allowed a t- passing touchdown or a touchdown in general in 166 minutes and seven seconds of NFL game time. And then right after that, they allowed three consecutive touchdowns, a drive that they got lucky and got a stop on, and then a field goal to Jake Browning, which is just cataclysmic levels of falling apart. It just felt so Minnesota Vikings-esque. That it One, I want to compliment you on actually be able, being able to rattle off some stats. Given the, no those numbers, given baby. The no oh, yeah, numbers. That's your thing. Shout out. And I'd like to ask Joe, was this Flores' fault, this loss? Um, I mean, like, I... I can't. I, I. I. It's so hard to say that it's on Flores because on one yeah. hand, I mean, you yes. don't pin it on one guy, but like if we have to, like Twitter does every single day. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where like he's been so good all year, and it's it's when when old reliable breaks down in a key moment when your team really needs you, it's very evident. Um, I mean, I I'm putting this more on KOC than Flores personally, but like. As much as I want to be optimistic about how these seven losses have gone for the Vikings, it has been just one crazy gut punch should have had it play after another. And uh, the the goal line, the the, the game tying touchdown was one of the more egregious uh, defensive, you know, fuck ups yeah. in a long, long time. It's it's hard for me to say this. It's on Flores, but it would be kind of harder to argue that he's not part of it, right? 
I, well, mean, I mean, they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter. It is kind of hard to argue it's on floors and a couple of senses that it was just jump ball to T Higgins a couple of times. And that's just, I don't know how you guard that. Uh, they, the more frustrating the problem is, is you should have once. I mean, it is luck slash, you know, a good throw, good catch in an opportune time for the Bengals. Right? You, you, I mean, yes, obviously Caleb Evans should have stopped the one that, uh, that they scored a touchdown on, but it's hard to just argue that that's floors is part uh, fault in particular. There was no, real space for him to make the adjustment, make the catch there. Uh, T Higgins, that is. But it's just tough to really put the blame on Flores. It is his fault for how easily the Bengals were able to move the ball down the field. And that is, that's just frustrating in general. But that I guess that just happens, and that's part of the game. It felt like Old Reliable broke down, and just the wheels completely fell off. Yeah, and it's funny we're saying that about the defense looking back on, like, last year. It's crazy. But it's the uh, opposite. It's the opposite, right? The, like, Donatel, not to say you take Donatel, but his... His defense until I think it was like week 13, it just like broke against the Jets. It's like the Mike, Mike White. White yep. 400. But like, but like Mac Jones had also <laughs> yeah. thrown for like, so Mike White, I think ended up at like 390 and Mac Jones was 380. But Donatello's system actually like it did bend, but didn't break. Right. The defense actually made a lot of plays. Um, and I think that it was like a difference maker, right? You think it like they were 11 and 0 in one score games in the regular season. And then there's what? They're six and seven this year. So it's evened out in some ways, but it's also the defense isn't helping them much. I think part of it is like in the at the end of the games, they know they're dropping eight, you know, on a lot of these plays, right? And they're trying to confuse them at the line of scrimmage. But if you kind of know what the defense is, like all these defenses that he's running are like cover twos and cover. Yeah, I think and- it's overstated how much the line of scrimmage stuff confuses quarterbacks. Like that's kind of like a layman's concept for the most part i have yeah i mean i guess you got to look at right like nine guys there and figure out where they all go yeah but browning's really good when he's not blitzed and the thing is he was not blitzed much at the end of the game looking well, at apparently nine guys, not bro because every time we got pressure on him it's a miracle play looking at nine guys and figuring out what they where they go is also a big part of come coin yeah, Joe, uh, this is what you've done to pre. I'm, I'm really happy that you give me that platform again. I, I actually didn't miss both the first three quarters of the game. I was mining a little bit of cum going, if you get what I'm saying. Okay, so, we're not going to inflate the stock. We're not yeah. influencing the market here, just to be clear. So I, I had I had my three screens set up. I had the Vikings. I had my my cum coin rig set up over here. That was Carter. Amazing. We talked a lot about the quarterback situation last week, two weeks ago. <laughs> are, are you looking back in hindsight? Do you think the right choice was Mullins? Now that you, since you're the unbiased, except for when, you know, you want to suck the fun out of our lives. Well, hey, I mean, sucking the fun out of your lives is the key to come coin. But let's be. <laughs> yes, honest. yes, yes. Man, I really didn't appreciate the interruption that you gave to JPG right there. But nonetheless, are I'll you invested point right there? But, well, you know, like I think it was ultimately the right podcast, move. And I agree coin. with last week of, um, you know, Josh Dobbs being pulled, I think that ultimately was the right thing and that was the right time to do it. And I think continuing with Mullins as the starter clearly was the right choice Um, because I don't think you're really in that game in that same manner. If you have anyone else. In I mean, bro, Ty Chandler, Kirk though, Ty Chandler point. carried the load just like Coin does. Every hey, week. hey. Oh. We're a we're a Ty Chandler podcast. Everyone here knows it. We're his probably his number one supporter. I mean, we we might be the first if we reach out to Ty Chandler to get him on the podcast. We might be the first podcast to reach. We out certainly to Ty deserve Chandler. it. And I think if he if we can get someone to like sound clip every single time we've mentioned and praised Ty Chandler, he would want to be the fourth member of the Love Boat. I would love that. He is currently that's, the header that's how, that's on how our Fred's Twitter page. Down. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, fresh food. Once again, right. Joe. Joe, funny story. Carter has no idea about the what the love boat is. We that just is a pitch an idea to have Cy Amundsen come on and. No, no, no this is Joe's time to, to shine. Joe, oh, dude, that that, that lake where that happened that was our home lake growing up. So like that that lake, Ethan grew up literally 50 feet from that lake. So Dante like, Dante <laughs> peed in his yard. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. When, when when this when this happened, it'd be like if the Beatles had a sex party, you know, at your fucking at your your local gas station. Right? Okay, well, at least we Carter can get a hold of so you. Lost. I've intentionally so lost. avoided any explanation among what it is, so well, that Sai can this eventually is what we'll explain do, it to because Sai unintentionally ignores all of us at certain you know Except months on end. He he no, not me. For some reason, I he's like contractually Oh, I'm Tom. To I'm a special you. person. No, he's obligated. Tom is a special person. All right, when you got money like that, you have special privileges. Okay, you know the the Tom is rich memes have slowly been leaking into this podcast, and I am here for it. 
God, yeah, uh, like, like all things Tom was well. They get their fucking tentacles and they just they just get into everything. And next thing you know, a lot of you... fingers and a lot of pies. Dude, I picked yeah. up Tom from the airport in my Tesla. I've never seen a human being less impressed of a, at a Tesla. Bro, than I love sure. your dropping Tesla. that he drives <laughs> a Tesla. I love your Tesla. He drives like ninety by the on way. On the windshield of every Tesla he passes, and says, uh, "Yeah, fucking Elon, like like Elon, some little bitch boy at the party." Yes, you yes, he did. Oh man, yes, I'm, I'm on Tom's side of this one. To be fair, where are we? What are we talking about? Anyway, so Comcoin. Uh, let me. I gotta call my broker. <laughs> are you seeing this? Upper I don't want to know who your broker this is. is. Absolutely <laughs> going to the fucking moon, dude. I'm I'm pitching Trier right His now. Broker lives underground it. below Trier deja vu. Great fucking. It's going parabolic. No, uh, I think I think Matt was gonna say, do you want to explain the love boat scandal? That's we'll do really that quick. in the off season, not no, not okay, now, Preet. Okay, fair enough. Preet, fair enough. No, you're taking a back seat now. You just lost privileges. Um, let's go on to the next Vikings topic, guys. I, I think it's time that this upcoming game. I'm just putting this out there. If I think Mullen starts, I think if he loses to the Lions, undoubtedly Hall should start the rest of the season. Is that is that agreed? But that's because it's, it's over. Is that what you're saying? Like they're on but it's anymore? not only that it's over. It wouldn't be over. We We're need still... to see Hall yeah. in before this season's over. I think. Do you wait? Do you actually need to? He's like a fifth round pick though, yeah. and like a developmental guy. You sound you sound a lot like Tyler Tyler right now. In the it's fact, fun, yeah, I know it's funny. We had two Tylers on the site. One Fornis thinks he's like Joe Montana. I don't think the he's Joe one, Montana, I, I but him. no, Ireland loved him. Ireland thought he's do. Joe Montana too. He's, I just he's a developmental quarterback. I Mullins isn't that great, but he understands the offense and can operate. He did end up with I think Mullins yards is probably one of the best backups to have on your team in the league. One except of them. when he throws the ball off a face mask and you know into the guy's hands. There's that, problems, yeah. but at least I feel like we can win a game with him. He's a risky. I mean, here's the thing: you're gonna you saw what he does. Like aside from the, I I don't even know this. What you know the interse- interception that looked like a strip sack. Like yeah. that's just him. Dobbs had the same thing. He just needs to take a sack. There. That's a very that's a very Brett Favre move of him on that play. By the but way, but here's the thing: like the the throw. Love in the, the Brett Favre zone, comparison. Uh, yeah. He is, by the way, Mullins is a Favre guy. Like they both. No, no I know. I, I know they're. Yeah. We know. Uh, but but that interception on the one yard line, like that's a horrible pass. That again, like Mullins either didn't see the guy or just threw a, threw a bad ball. Honestly, the touchdown to Addison was a terrible pass. Yeah, he just got away with it, right? And so, like, both, that's the thing. Both of them were terrible passes. I mean, honestly, throw it up to two of your really, really good wide receivers. I don't hate that once in a while if it's happening multiple times. But, but Addison's game. not a go get it guy. Like Addison's creates separation. I mean, he's done it a but, few times this year. Yeah, he's he's been tired. clutch coming down with it. I wouldn't bet on it though. No, 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 absolutely not. But you gotta get the ball there, guys. Stems from. Can, yeah. can we talk? What, what's the deal with Nick Mullen's wife and kid? Like, why were they being shown? Every three minutes on the on the podcast or the the, the telecast, did anybody catch why? They, I mean, they they did they flew in for the game, which was weird. Given I think like I think they just had a kid. Um, weird but, they yeah, want to like, support their of husband, course the, of course the father. of course Tom Schreier knows Nick Mullins' wife's uh, <laughs> birthing patterns. Well, no, he said he's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Birthing uh-huh. pattern is not the right word there, but uh, I was gonna say, looking, looking at Nick Mullen's face, he definitely has used the <laughs> birthing patterns before. <laughs> he looks like Mike Zimmer Jr. <laughs> Joe just killed three. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, maybe it's a little replication of like Dobbs, but Dobbs's story was so different, right? You know, Dobbs is like, parents oh, you think they were him. trying to push the Nick Mullen's agenda after the Dobbs agenda? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I ultimately like, I'm a little surprised they were even there. I don't worry, like, Tommy DeVito has the. The light of the backup the quarterback cutlets. right now, yeah, and his agent. Go ahead, Carter. I if I had to guess, a little conspiracy theory here with no. how much emphasis that Jake Browning's family got um, last week when uh, Joe Burrow gave them the box seats and the press box seats to sit up there. The NFL is kind of trying to divvy things up and make it the same story. Well, they, they did, did the same thing Browning with Bob's parents, and they just looked at him like unimpressed the whole time that was the that was the i was gonna say this might be the taylor swift effect where they're like well see guys we do it for every team it's not just taylor swift that we throw that might have some legs pretty did like they that. i didn't see the broadcast did they show pace's family at all like you had like yeah they showed, they showed they showed him okay. they showed him a couple times jordan hicks jordan hicks is from there jordan hicks, uh, wasn't, uh, playing jordan hicks wasn't playing brother i guess i guess that's right yeah so why would his family show up <laughs> i don't know <laughs> come on tom keep up he almost lost a foot. Why do you want to show his family? No, on the but like you think his family would be there. I don't know. I have no idea. Cut to him in the hospital. Yeah. He it said was... he's gonna play. By the end of the year. That'd be kind of badass. 
He yeah. he almost lost a foot and he's going to be back before Marcus Davenport. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay, so maybe like just to wrap back, maybe I was overstating Hall. I don't think that the fact that he's a fifth round rookie though is like he played he looked very capable in the few drives he had and I think he had two drives. I mean, he had two drives in the Atlanta game where he just hit the open receiver, but that's better than what Mullins was doing for half the game. Fair I enough. just the problem with Mullins is he's like a he's like cousins of cousins took more risks and wasn't as good. I know, you know I, I mean? do like Mullins, but like I don't know. No, he's just yeah, it's just you can garner with... assets from showing off your cousins of cousins took more risk and wasn't as good. So was he there on January 6th, Tom? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Stop. Uh, Joe, this is what you've done to Preet. Yeah, I, I actually kind of was able to track that one. Would you say January 6th was a risk or was it the people <laughs> having their voice being heard in the people's temple? Maddie? Hey, brother. All I'm going to say is democracy only works if you protest. I cannot. I would just like to remind right everybody now. that Preet is brown and this is a joke. Preet, Preet, do you know that Joe was in my house when January 6th was happening? Yes. Like I, I, Hold on. That's Tom, just your alibi, bro. You bugged yeah. that so hard. You just yeah, like, so yeah. hard. Sound like I was like, now's my chance, motherfuckers. And I just like, broke into your house. No, no. That sounded like you were putting that out there so people would. You hear. were like, Joe, Joe probably thought Tom was, you know, at the Capitol. He's like, well, no, this is my chance to rob Tom. This is a true story. You guys want to know what Tom did during January 6th? He took a load off, he went to the gym. Tom. <laughs> Tom saw people storming the Capitol. It was like it was on the news when you're on the treadmill. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tom was hitting the bench press, knowing like it could be me next, guys. I could be the Schreier Mansion next. I gotta be ready. I have it on really good authority that Tom knew how it was gonna all end hours before the rest of us did. Tom. Tom was very unconcerned with the people literally. Tom, let's see those donations. All right. Yeah, it was weird actually. When when I woke up that morning, he's like, "Hey, uh, do you see what Ashley Babbitt posts on Instagram?" Oh no! (laughs) Oh no! And then then later, I was like, "Tom, you mentioned Ashley Babbitt's name this day." Like, oh, did I? No, no, I didn't do that. It was. It was. It's like he had his days wrong. And this is what happens. This is what happens when we get our formula for a show from the Cy Amundsen podcast. Yeah, sorry. I don't I don't understand why you would ever emulate that. That's like watching the Ford Pinto and being like, let's do that. Let's, let's, I've let's seen your incredible that. podcast numbers and I wanted to recreate it. Oh, my God. And anyway, on, on how bad Nick Mullins throws were, though, that game, like every throw he made was a fucking heart attack. Like that's uh, dude first and goal on the one in a tie game. And he's fucking throwing a 500 alive to the middle of the defense. <laughs> this game, this yeah, wait, just run Ty Chandler. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say, why not? Why didn't they just run Ty Chandler? There? Put Ty Chandler and Wildcat again. Well, we could talk about the KOC play calling because, you know, eyebrows, Twitter, Preet notoriously does not ever look on Twitter. But all people are talking about is, hey, let's not talk about KOC being fired. We can just criticize some play calling. Like, let's be real here. There's middle ground. And yeah, I think calling the same call twice, like his excuse for calling the same call twice was that he didn't want to change the formation so they could so they didn't change their look. But brother, they called a timeout and had time to diagnose what you're doing. Why don't you like now Here's the thing. To change. There, there, there are two massive issues I have with. Well, there's more than two, but the, the, the two biggest issues I have is one. Why is Brandon Powell, the guy who Thomas called the smallest guy on the team, your pusher for Nick Mullins? I think I that's dumb, but I don't guy. hate it for the first play if you're trying to deceive yeah, him. And then no, no, they're doing it, yeah, doing it to keep him in that formation. It's just like Hawkinson or Oliver would make more. Yeah, I was going to say, CJ Ham, who barely gets any action lately. You, like paid, Josh, you paid Josh Oliver yeah. the exorbitant amount of money you paid him to be a blocker. to be For these exact situations, he's not on the field. That makes no sense whatsoever. That's like... That's borderline negligence at that point. And also, if if I, I understand, Brandon, if you want a receiver pushing, why Brandon Powell? Why not Justin Jefferson, who's probably the biggest? How about receiver? KJ Osborne? He's How about Nikhil Harry? If, if Nikhil Harry is still on the roster, I think he is. I'm not certain. Why not him? He the only thing he's good at is blocking. Maybe put that to use once in a while. I don't understand the the reason at all behind. You it. know, I I give him the slide on the first play call. Second play call was egregious. And well, you know, here's the thing. That's also why you hand off in the first one because. Like he just Ty Chandler was gashing him for seven yards of carry too. Yeah, I mean, I get you got close on the the first one, but the problem is you just like it's for some reason it just doesn't work twice. Like it, it's something about like the defense knows how you're. I mean, just use CJ Ham. Well, there, there, there's two there's two things with it. One, if you know you're gonna go for it on fourth down and you're not trusting Greg Joseph to fucking just yeet off a 58 yard field goal in December, which why would you? Right, you throw the ball, and if you don't throw the ball, you should be starting the other quarterback. 
like on third and one, if you know you're going for it on fourth and one with a sneak, throw the ball. You can't lose yardage, right? And then when you're well, in this- here's the thing though, Joe. Like I actually agree, but then they they did see Nick Mullins in a situation like right at the end of the half, take two sacks, or I guess take a sack and throw an interception. No, I, I agree, but that's, that's my point. I'm like, if you can't trust him to make a good decision on third and one, knowing you have two uh, plays yeah. to pick up a yard, he shouldn't be out there, you know? And then two, if you are going to run this play with the, the tiniest, with Mighty Mouse fucking pushing him, like he's trying to like help a fucking like a baby pushing a drunk adult upstairs. That's what it fucking looked like out there, right? Like, why are you running this like nuance? And the fact that Mullins fumbled the the, the snap for like I mean, a half this, a second. This nuanced timing play with your the guy wasn't even on the team a month ago. Why are you doing this? You know, I, the here's the thing: need to be perfect. It's, it's I don't it's, even it's, I don't even know if the push matters. I actually think it works for Philadelphia because they have a great offensive line and and Hurts just like generates power on his own. I think like, was 600 pounds too. That's yeah, the thing. thing is you have like Bradbury, right? You have Bradbury at the point of attack. Who's, He's, who's in yeah, the two percentile for center weight, by the way. He's in the second percentile. And Mullins, Mullins, who's not like, he's just not like not built for that. It's he, fine. You should sneak every once in a while. It's just they shouldn't. Yeah, like, Dobbs is better it. at that. Here's what I propose. We've got like what? Three regular season games of football until the tush push is banned. Probably. Get weird with it. Put CJ Ham in on the Wildcat. Push his ass forward. Why not? Get weird with it is exactly what they did in the Denver game when Josh Dobbs nearly died because of Kareem Jackson. Thank God he didn't do another callback to come going. Go well, ahead. That, that's, that's what I thought. Original. That's what I thought was happening. Yeah, they're, they're called comebacks, by the way, when you're doing it. <laughs> no, but it's, we'll, we'll get you on the Telegraph channel. It's cool. Hell yeah, brother. Matt, <laughs> back to what you were saying we'll earlier. Thank you, Carter. Oh, sorry. Um, back, back. Not, not to, not to do that to everyone right there. Back to what you were saying earlier. Like You're doing us a favor. I th- I'm a huge. I, I think you kind of need to keep Nick Mullins in for the rest of the season. But I wouldn't be opposed to going all out and doing that weird stuff and giving Jaron Hall packages and stuff like that. I know we mentioned that earlier. It's the end of the season. Why, why not see something like that? You know, what does he give you that Nick Mullins doesn't? Though I guess soaking potential. Okay, yeah, probably a lot of that's that is a big benefit. <laughs> trips, the mission trip he went on for two years. <laughs> yeah, I to, to answer your question, I don't know. I, I'm, is Nick Mullins younger than Jaron Hall? It's, that's a legitimate question because I think no. he's like a year older. He's a he's, year older. No, he's three years older. So yeah, Mullins is like twenty eight, twenty nine. He Mullins actually like is made, a man. Yeah, he like made what seventeen starts. I think like sixteen for San Francisco. Yeah, had, I mean, he's only behind was... Patrick Mahomes for the most yards thrown in the first 15 starts of his career. It's him and... then Patrick or Patrick Mahomes and him. I just think that you draft a guy that has some playing time, looked competent, like do what Bill Belichick does and try to get, I don't know, a six round pick, fifth round pick for your guy that is drowned in the depth chart. Or maybe he becomes our bridge. But, he, but here's the thing: year. he's actually not drowning in the depth chart because, like, they're not committed long term. Well, okay. Well, are. let's look at next year. We have Kirk, then Nick, then him. Well, well Kirk's not. But they, 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 they resign Kirk. Assuming they resign, they, they don't have. They don't have Mullins. Mullins is, is a free agent after this year. Well, we need a. Ba- I guess Hall could back up. Hall could back up. So yeah, it depends. It depend- All they're worried about is his confidence because it's actually to bring up Belichick. Like, what you don't want to have happen, and I don't think Mac Jones ever would be that good. But like. He was good his rookie year, and then they killed his confidence. Like Belichick just gave up on him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, he gave he gave Matt Patricia the keys to the offense. Yeah, that's an yeah. Issue. And so, like with Hall, you just I think it's more you're, you're you're not trying to maximize the rookie contract or anything. You're literally just like by the time he's on the field, he's competent. And I think Mullins is literally just on the field because he can run the offense. Like Dobbs can't. Hall's a rookie. Mullins just knows like what he's supposed to do, even if he doesn't do it. I love having the QB controversy of Mullins or Jaron Hall. It's the worst. It's a great state to be in. Uh, the only thing other I want to talk about on this game is just the fact that it took Ty Chandler, what, 13 <laughs> weeks to get a start and see productive amount of snaps. He it had his fault, people. He had in his. We touched on it, but a- it wasn't. His Alexander fault. Madison has had 17 starts as a running back. He has yeah. not scored a touchdown any of the first quarters. It took Ty Chandler one quarter. Or one game to get a first quarter t- rushing touchdown. So you're saying that if KOC listened to the Love Boat podcast, the Vikings would have two more wins among probably. other people. But yeah, probably. He, I mean, the big thing with Chandler is that he doesn't 
Pass protect well. Pass protect. And he also Bro, is in the wrong spot. I've never heard people talk about a running back pass protecting as much as I've heard this year. Ty Chandler can't pass protect as the new uh, Jordan Addison can't run block. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't know if it matters. Like, again, if That's, you're I don't think it does. Back, you have Josh Oliver. He can be put in on, you know, as a temporary blocker. Well, yeah, but if you put Josh Oliver in the backfield, you're giving away oh, no, what I know. you're doing. Yeah. I think CJ Ham's a better argument there, but yes. Sure. But here's the Use thing. Like, I, I don't think uh, Chandler Chandler like may not line Get up, weird right? with it. but he's actually way more decisive. Like he'll he'll just oh my God. aim at a right. He'll aim at a hole and just go for it. And so aim at a hole and go for it is what Cumcoin also does. Yeah, I knew what I was You're saying. You're really there, stretching. And I was it. like, is Joe that, that had to have it? been intentional? Yeah, stretching. It was not. It was not. I knew our ears are just perked up though. for it. No. Like, I was like, Stre- shit. stretching it is actually one of the like the the big themes of the white page <laughs> if you've ever read it. It's that. Um, it's it's white ropes. Um, I mean, that's what Priya was talking about in that book that we were trying to explain to Tom the other week. So <laughs> the Ryan Shazier book, the yeah. Ryan Shazier book. Jeez. Yeah, stretching Ryan it out. But yeah, we can. That. Oh yeah, how to have great anal sex, volume two. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, blow Man. by blow. Blow I was by not blow. Give the guy permission to, give... to drop that, but JPG <laughs> has permission. I mean, you know, by... how do you, how do you guys think they summarize volume one? Because like, do you think it's a better value to get volume two and like just read the? Process? No, it's like your college textbooks where the old the old editions actually just as good, but they reprinted to get all your money. All I'm gonna say is, as someone who has colon issues, don't stick up anything. Don't stick out anything up there unless you've read both volumes. Then maybe think about it. Is this like Pre- book on tape? Can you get it that way? Ooh, Tom, Tom acting like he doesn't have like three copies of this book is incredible. A bit oh, hard book on tape, Tom. What 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 type of car do you drive these days? A fucking eighty-seven <laughs> Buick. Like, what are you talking about? I got some eight tracks. If you want to go carry around, it's a one of his mini classics. Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> I've got a floppy disk. Floppy. Oh, that's actually floppy disk. Oh, yes. <laughs> That was yeah. the worst thing you could have said, brother. Yeah. That's actually that's actually a preferred method of cold storage for come going. <laughs> offline. You do seem like you're kind of kind of out of the uh the whole online scene with this come well, going. Yeah. Technically, if you think about it, floppy disks might be warm storage, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. I mean, after come coin, before cold, after warm is usually the way it goes. But I, man, I, tell you, I was like, I don't know, 29 years old before I realized that you can't just start talking about how the Unabomber had a lot of good ideas at parties and that people you <laughs> a little weird. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm agreeing with all of it. I'm just saying he was either really right or really wrong in a lot of stuff, man. You should, you should look it up. I heard he was smart. Do right. your own, what you're telling us is do, do your own research. Yeah do, yeah, do your own research. I got I got some really good websites that were designed back in 1998. You guys should check out and send to your grandparents before they vote this year. Oh, God. Uh, I'd like to pre- uh, preview this upcoming matchup with the Lions because it does... Uh, I'm completely derailed. It does have complete implication of what the uh, Vikings will be doing in the postseason, whether they will be participating or not. Um, Lions look pretty good, or did they not? I mean, it was... Uh, it was Denver, so well, to be Denver fair, we back. Could, we couldn't be Denver. Are the Vikings good? Did I ever say the Vikings were good? No, I just think Denver also sucks. <laughs> I mean, they they'd rattle off like six in a row or something. They had a hot streak. So did the Vikings. I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna. I was gonna say I, that defense does not look good at all. That's probably the weakest point. That's probably the of the Lions. Know, yes, 100%. yeah, we've been saying that. That for defense a while. is very bad. I, it depends on the quarterback play, but I think the Vikings match up well with them, and that's why I have some. I don't know if hope's the right word, but I'm at least excited to watch a football game. Matt, wait, Matt, match up well because the defense is struggling. Yeah, just because their defense struggles, we in theory have a high powered offense, and in our theory. defense. Yeah, exactly. That's that's big keyword, and uh, because our defense was. Keyword. Our defense was playing as well as anyone, and their offense is their strong point. So at least there's some. I, I mean, the weird thing is, Goff still struggles under pressure, right? So like. Yeah. The the lesson there is, I just think it's funny that like, he, you know, Flores, well, I'm worried about Gibbs now and Montgomery. I'm not worried about Gibbs. Well, worried. no, it's just like you have to keep pressure. That's the thing with Browning yeah. too. Like Browning will pick you apart if you give him a little bit of time. And granted, you know, Browning got bailed out by Higgins and some of these other guys, but he also made um, time on that third and ninth where we just rolled out and had. But here's the thing: that's the same play. I think that's the same backside dig route, literally as the DJ Moore play right against Chicago. And so it like, was a similar concept. Yeah, that's the thing is like they it's just it's a problem they haven't fixed. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think 
real fast, hate to interrupt. I just Googled it. Backside dig rod is actually what Nick Mullins calls working <laughs> schedules. So I just you might you might have to have to copyright that one, guys. You might need to, to get that off the, the podcast. Sorry, Tom. I, I just wanted to, to let you know that. I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll work on that in post. Um, but yeah, I mean, Detroit gave him a huge opportunity here, the loss um to Green Bay. And then obviously the one in Chicago. Um, and so I mean, I guess you're right, like. But this is such a different dynamic. It's not like the Vikings can kind of storm back, start 0-3 and take the division. It's just at this point, the Vikings are trying to hold surf, right? I mean, I think it's really trying to get in. If you're the six or seven seed, you still have a really tough matchup, right? Whoever you end up getting. Um, and so like the Viking, again, the Vikings should take one of these from Detroit. They probably should win the one here, right? And then yeah, in theory, the they should because of the weirdness in the division. But, you know, yeah, and I just don't know what to make of that Packer game either. Like, not to get out ahead of it, but like it's again, like that felt like a pretty manageable, manageable game. And then love starts playing better, right? So I mean, it depends, I could... it depends which Packers show up. If we get the Packers that showed up yeah. today, you should yeah. beat them. If you get the Packers that showed up in Detroit, we got to be a long Sunday. I just what, what we're facing here is that the Vikings are probably ending up nine and eight, get sneaking the playoffs and resetting Kirk Cousins. Like that's that's just such a you know what I mean? Like no matter what you change around there, that one thing stays. At least on the, the look on Joe's side. the look on Joe's face. When yeah, Joe, Kirk Joe's Cousins. About, I got a fucking heater for you guys. You ready for this? Yeah. Lions Warm. lose out. Vikings went out. I think that the Lions are fucking frauds. I, I was just going to ask you what you think about that because Preet's yeah. been saying that all year. And yeah, they absolutely could use lose to Dallas. The Vikings do control their destiny if they're willing to like take advantage, if they're able to. It's a huge. It's a huge thing getting the game in Minneapolis. If you can do that, it's just. Can you imagine winning the division as the I, like? I it's... Dude, the thing that no one is talking about with this team, because we're seven and seven, and you don't want to sound like the biggest fucking just jabroni of all time, is that yeah. we have not lost a game by more than a score all year. We yeah. are literally seven bounces of the balls. I mean, you think about the five or so fluky things that had to go right. The Hawkinson bounce game. off the, in the Chargers game. Well, Corbin saw it Sutton in the end zone. Or like, even Ivan Pace's fumble. Well, it doesn't matter. Here's my problem with it is it seems like this year – instead of the fire in the player's belly causing them to win those one-point games, the games we're losing are coaching, like, fumbles. Hey, like it, coach- okay, here's the thing. It, some of bad. them, some of them. No, 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 it is. Some of it's bad coaching, but it's also, it goes back to, like, the defense. Think of, like, Buffalo. They came through. The stupid New York game was an interception at the end. Like, if you think through these, like, they can, you know, like, the defense would force turnovers on downs, like, they, whatever. And, like, it's it's just been the opposite. Like Chicago, you should have closed that game out. I get Denver, like you're throwing the ball up to Sutton and he's so much bigger than Makai Blackman, but like you should beat Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like at this stage in his career, and you shouldn't blow yeah. a game by two scores, right? I mean, they absolutely should have closed those games out. They should have. And that's well, so it's it's O'Connell, but it's a defense. Sorry. Well, let's ask ourselves this real fast, guys. The Lions have 10 wins. What are their top three wins, right? Yeah. They beat the Chiefs, who were eight and five, and they honestly beat the Chiefs. They also they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs also without Frank Clark and Travis Kelsey in Week One, which is random. And, and, and Tooney had how many? I mean, he's been like a meme the entire dude. I mean, like Tooney is to wide receivers what Nathan Peterman is to quarterbacks. It is <laughs> it is a joy to tune in every single week and see how this guy is going to fuck up his team's chances. The funny <laughs> the funny thing is that trade still worked out for them because that punt return in the Super Bowl. That's always going to be a good trade for them, but the fuck ups are so incredibly bad that it's hilarious. You you start to wonder when is it going to be a losing trade? And, and, and like so the Lions, are like second best win, the Broncos, and then That's from there, I'm you looking. Know, yeah, I'm the looking fucking, too. They barely yeah, the, beat the Chargers. They lost to the Packers. Lost to the Bears. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And a lot of them are high scoring, like. It was the it was the Broncos outs. game. That's the only one that's like somewhat impressive. Like because the Broncos had lost to Houston, and they've gotten right? railed a few times. Maybe the, the maybe the Buccaneers games. Like the the Broncos yeah, are quite. Are, sorry, not not the Broncos. The Lions are quite literally the Vikings from last year. They'll win close games and they'll get railed. Well, no, okay. I mean they they've blown out the Falcons. They're bad. Anyone else? Oh, the Buccaneers. I guess was kind of a blowout. The Panthers I can suck. confirm that the Falcons are bad as a Panthers fan after the results today. Yeah, you paid five dollars to go to a football game. <laughs> he, dude, uh, forty-five cents actually. <laughs> well, Tom, sure. me and Carter had seen tickets. Me and you Carter had seen. Mad Tom sounded there. He was upset that people were. Yeah, he he was talking <laughs> shit though. Yeah, he was like he's like oh he's like, he's like spitting on Carter there like oh you fucking peasants. Yeah, I know. I mean, the peppers your money. Would you buy two, kid? <laughs> 
<laughs> with his with his six with his six months earning and zone coverage, he's able to afford one ticket. This 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 to go full. Would you circle, buy a coke on your way there? To go full circle, this just gives me so many great memories from when I placed that five dollar parlay and I lost, and Joe railed on me for about twenty minutes on SciShow about that. Also, real real fast about Tom's wages, I have it on good authority that Spencer Nelson has not been paid in years. I don't think that. <laughs> hey, it, it, it is it is atrocious what Tom is doing to that Spencer guy. He's he's basically a whipping. It boy. is kind of. I heard I heard Rich Nelson too, and I keep getting emails. Or Rich, what Rich Francis, Rich Francis as well. <laughs> Has not been paid. Neither is Ethan Thomas, but we yeah, can get on Ethan it later. Thomas, we need to do a better Let's not job go too inside football. You know, Tom's skirting the line on a couple things. Bronco, Broncos had won six or seven. So the best, the <laughs> Detroit's best win was the, uh, was, was over Denver. <laughs> no way. Okay. Um, so we're all in favor of the Vikings sweeping, right? Oh, I'm going to pick the odds up. are. I, I'd love it, but I don't see it happening. This team no, is I just. Know. It's just so there's going to there's going to be like there's going to be multiple chances in both these games. We're like, oh, we can put the game away here and we're going to do it some does feel like things. these games fall flat because KOC, you know, we've said it a lot of times tries to get too cute, tries to outcoach himself. And then Dan Campbell's just going to come in and be a football guy and pound the rock. And it's they're going to do they're going to do three. one fake punt. This is my bold prediction for the next two games. They're going to do one fake punt that we don't see coming and it's going to work. And it's going to. Yeah, you know what's insane to me? How these teams never see fake punts coming. It's kind of yeah, common. It's, it's, now. It's, it's like Roadrunner fucking pulling it over Marley Coyote. For the tenth time. Bro, it happens every week. <laughs> like the guy painting, painting the fake, painting the fake. Entrance a tunnel, the... Don't run into the tunnel, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see a tunnel, don't run into the tunnel is not the slogan of Come Coin, by the yeah, way. No, like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, it's yeah. ruined, dude. Count on that. He's it's never going to drop it after this podcast. No, too. he's going to say it for the next three oh. weeks. He'll be like, hey, remember when Joe was on? <laughs> this hey, is just like the ultimate family guy reference right now. now. Remember this that is... one episode? When, when I tell you guys, when I tell you guys, JPG is quite literally my idol. It is him. It's not. Hey, there, there, there's no issue that he's your idol. I think it's awesome. <laughs> no, I don't no, have an issue, issue with the way that you're gonna handle everything from now on out. Speaking of Family Guy cutaways, um, the greatest. I don't even know if Tom knows about this. I, I was, I was the pitch guy in the Simpsons that show. I came up with a lot of the segments, and there were many more that did not make the final cut. My favorite pitch that I ever made to Cy was a Family Guy rewatching segment where Cy would have to watch an episode of Family Guy a week, but only for the process of tracking continuity errors within. The family guy universe <laughs> keeping a running tally. I'm shocked it's, he didn't do that. It's, it's even funnier when you realize Sai has been in an episode of Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I literally, I literally imagine being a 50 minute segment by the end of season three where he's just talking about every time. Once again, the fact that out. that got nixed and the whole Oshkosh trial went through. Yeah, yeah, that's a bonkers. lot. This that is, is a lot. I just don't think Sai wanted you to succeed, Joe. I think he was holding you back, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, no, I, th- there's a lawsuit that's that's behind the scenes that's kind of coming to fruition. I, well, there's gonna be a, a lot of this gonna see the light of day soon, Bree. Don't worry. Hell yeah, brother. Now, does this does the canon of the Family Guy events cross over with American Dad and the Cleveland Show? Does that, that continuity affect the Cleveland Show is okay. out of the universe. American Dad is. I well, no, just... Cleveland Show is definitely in the universe. Family, I Guy, think they'll they cut away the end of the show that he comes back. Like Cleveland is in Family Guy, you can't say yeah. that they're two different universes, and uh, as is Roger, and and vice versa. So because Cleveland's son has no, like a whole Cleveland transformation, show is like, like an a different person reality. when he comes back. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like it's um, like an alternate universe. It's a timeline. It's a <laughs> yeah. timeline shift. The yeah, American yeah. Dad's just in a different city. Yeah. So if you think about it, I mean, like <laughs> you know, the Simpsons, all in the American Dad universe. Uh, Bob's Burgers, American Dad universe. Um, yeah, pretty much all of it's interconnected, you know. Fred Flintstone, Flintstones, that is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's just this is the, the joy of the segment. We would unpack this over many, many years and we talk about what we learn, you know. I think you should make that your show, honestly. The fact that Joe's been replaced with Rob Searles is a crime, but we can go into that in another day. I love, I love Preet starting a war with fucking Rob Searles right now. Oh, I, I do. Every single time he tweets out a mock draft, I'd make fun of him for overdrafting a Nebraska player. He hates it. Yeah, he does. He loves Nebraska players. He made um, his wife become a Nebraska fan immediately after Nebraska got bad. 
as if, as if Nebraska was ever good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like a brief window in like the nineties. Yeah. Let's yeah. uh let's do this. Let's just go through predictions, pound them out. Um, I'm just pound them out is another slogan of come coin. You're really forcing it now. <laughs> you're, you're, the you're Viking. Broken. I'm picking you're the broken. Joe, Joe's <laughs> literally on the floor of his apartment, dude. That wasn't even good, Joe. Don't give him the, anything for that one. You you were giving it. him so much credit by doing this, and now he's gonna think it's hilarious. No matter uh, what we say, the lean back wasn't even for you. Here, here's like, the thing: is I've had a rough week, guys. I've had a really rough week. These, these oh, last no, Joe. Oh, wow, wow, wow! Your sister-in-law dropped her ring in a puddle. A pond, but yes, but no. These these uh these joke these laughs from Joe are just taking it to another level. Well, I'm like her engagement ring in a pond. Yeah, she dropped it in a pond. It was the funniest thing ever. How do you Preet drop? Preet says I've had a hard day. Like why? Why was she? Preet says I've had a hard day. We were taking okay. So dropped her ring in a pond, and I'm like, bro, not a hard day. Let's keep it. Fair enough. Fair enough. She was starving children in Africa that could eat that ring. Jesus. Jesus Christ! It's not like the Schreier Company. Yeah. <laughs> it oxidifies in the in the stomach. Yeah, I, I actually heard that. You know the same as pictures of the Devries like uh, Diamond Company X-raying the African are leaving. I heard the Schreiers are the people who installed those machines. Man, like oh, I damn it, like, they they made a killing. They're the real people in bandits in this. I'm picking the Vikings over the Lions, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Yeah, so another one-score win. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go the opposite with a one score loss. I got twenty seven twenty Lions. Ooh. I mean they won they won you know the, the Vikings won in Minneapolis last year. Yeah. I here's the thing, like it's I I guess you're just assuming the it depends is that what bad. Lions team or what golf we get, I think. Well, and to be fair, their offensive coordinator is good. And so Ben like, Johnson is very good. He will not yeah. be there next year. So he's not gonna be he'll know how to because like again, Flores has just figured out how to Perform with with um with players the pieces who aren't that Yeah, he's it's made bad. Ivan Pace look like a defensive rookie of the year contender. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, credit to him that he knows the strengths of the players and and creates the defense that way. But like, yeah, it's probably is kind of a game where you have to chase them a little bit, right? The Lions will put up a certain amount. Thirty-one twenty-eight sounds right. I just to me, it feels like it can't be more well, than like twenty. You have 24. KOC who gets too cute, and then you have Dan Campbell that's just wait has way too many faith. Too much faith in his players. Yeah, the fourth and two, he goes for it in his yeah. own zone or whatever. So yeah. I mean, there, there's two sides of the coin. And I don't know. Joe might be right. Like Detroit. So like obviously the Vikings. It's a tough schedule. You're going Detroit, Green Bay, but it, it's in Minneapolis. Finish you, up in Detroit with a meaningful game. It's just like Joe's right. Like the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys look terrible here. I'm trying to think, and they have to play in Detroit, but that's whatever. Yes, that's the, a dumb the, the Lions play in Minneapolis, and then. In at, Dallas and then at home. And let me tell you, if you're if you're Owen two in that stretch and the Vikings beat the Packers, then you're not feeling really good coming back home, right? The pressure's it's on that, you. It's also yeah, the history, the history of Detroit being the massive like poverty franchise they are. All the pressure's on you. You're you're in trouble at that point. Yeah, at a certain point the ghosts come out of the rafters and you're you're speaking of, I mean, the Lions are the team to have the last player die on the field in an NFL game. So there are literally ghosts in Detroit with the Lions. But what wonderful. I thought you're gonna make a lead. I thought you're gonna make a lead in the water joke about Flint, Michigan, but never mind. God, yikes. Bro, that is such a stretch. Uh, uh Tom, did you predict a way of who who's winning this? Yeah, game? yeah. I guess I, I would go like a little bit less scoring, but same idea, like a 27-24 Vikings win it. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe, do you have a prediction? Score. Looks um, like. Dan Campbell will eat a part of a human. The Lions will lose while scoring a weird <laughs> points on offense, like nineteen. This is like during the game. As a snack, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's just like it's the bad protein. Yeah, guy, a guy doesn't dress. He's like one of the fifty-threes and is a yeah shirt. You Carter. Um, Dan Campbell and uh, John Fetterman, they're like the same guy, just in different professions. I think Fetterman has like all the coffee in the morning, like uh, Campbell does. Oh, absolutely. Dan Campbell yeah. doesn't own a, own a pair of pants. And if he does, he owns one. And he he takes it off the moment he gets home from the NFL game. He they're like and ones. I, he would wear and ones, wouldn't he, if that was still around? The breakaways? Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I yeah. So I I think I think the I think the Lions are frauds and they get revealed this week. And it's actually I mean the Vikings are snake bitten. They're not a good team, but they're much better than their record suggests, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't know. It's just tough to rely on whatever quarterback you're throwing out, and then their you know proclivity to just fumble the end of games, almost literally. Uh, Carter, I'd or love Matt. to hear your prediction and then your introduction to Super Gremlin. Well, hey, I don't think the Lions are good and i do think they are frauds but i think they're good enough to beat the vikings and good enough to make the playoffs from that standpoint uh so i'm gonna go lions 31 to 24 and that might make some people hurt a little bit here but i think they just have still a one score i know crazy joe if we we went through all variations of one scores that you can get in the 20 to 30 range so there are joe if we win i'd love you to text carter just insulting him Oh, what, what? Do you think he's just an asshole, Preet? No, no, no. I just, I would just love it though. Preet's I would like evil it. Joe. Like, yeah. Preet picked up some of his humor and like just as Preet saw Joe ball. be in character and be mean to like Sai and Tom once, and now he's like, that's his personality. It's exposing like a little kid to politics, <laughs> and then that kid just becomes like the extreme version of what political view that is, and that's essentially that what also makes Ben's hero. Every Funny enough, yeah. that has happened to my little cousin. He came home once. Because oh, so it, it runs in the family. It did. It did. He came home once and said, "My gym teacher said never vote for liberals, so I'm never gonna vote." for a liberal i was like right. jesus christ do you know what a liberal is he's like no the kid's like eight and he's he's a hardcore like alt oh, so what what the hell kind of gym teacher just throws that out there <laughs> it's yeah, just like i have two gym teachers i've had two gym teachers in my entire life one my best friend's father the other one got arrested for sexual harassment when i was in the- <laughs> hey oh. one of one of oh my, my gym teachers was matt burke's sister-in-law so make of that what you will oh my, oh my god i I'll stay I out of this one so matt matt burke ran for governor like it was dr governor <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Jansen, yes. And they they put up billboards all over town here in Minneapolis. And I wanted to spray paint so badly on every single one of those billboards a little like speech bubble that says "Yum yum yum, I eat dog cum," and just <laughs> see what happens because no one has ever had a more "I eat dog cum" face in my life than Matt Burke. I don't care where he grabs. It's also a great way to promote cum going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, look at that. Yeah? Full circle. I like to wrap things up just like that, unlike the creators of Cumcoin. Let's uh go ahead, Carter. Let's introduce Super Gremlin. That was completely accidental, and I had to capitalize. Just it. like Cumcoin, occasionally. Oh. Yeah, we, oh. we are having major oh, capitalization oh, 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 oh. issues. If you guys know anyone with an influx of cash, you'd be open to investing in a pornography-based crypto coin. Let me know. I, I've got a good idea for him. Eric Foster. We'll we'll put a link in the description <laughs> on Spotify and Apple Music for any of those who are interested. We will not but... be doing that. <laughs> I'm pretty Super sure it's all Gremlin. offline from what I'm hearing. <laughs> Super Gremlin of the Week is our segment where we get to talk about something ridiculous, not related to anything that we just said. Coined by Antonio Brown when he stormed out of MetLife Stadium to end his NFL football career, deeming himself a Super Gremlin. And my Super Gremlin of the Week is none other than division rival to the Vikings, Darnell Mooney, for absolutely <laughs> selling Justin Fields Bro. in the most comical Bears way possible. And if you all have not seen that play, I don't even know if I can describe it in words that do it justice. It is the funniest way that I think I've seen an NFL team lose on a Hail Mary ever. Well, Darnell Mooney, it just falls into his hands and he just almost kicks it out of his hands. It hits his knee. It hits his knee when he's trying to bring it into his chest and it pops up for the defender in the most comical way possible. Justin Fields, underratedly, is playing for his job, by the way. That might be the best throw he's ever had in his life. And Darnell <laughs> Mooney sells it. No, Darnell Mooney tried to catch that ball like it was a baby falling off of a table, and it was. <laughs> and then he knees it and tosses it, into and then kicks it right at another else. at a Browns fire. Yeah, dude. By the way, we had a writer who was at that game in the seats behind the end zone, and it was twenty. He paid twenty bucks for those seats at like twelve twenty-five and one one o'clock Eastern kick. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it kind of reminded me of what y'all were just saying where those Philadelphia Eagles fans who had the babies from burning buildings were like, I can't get Nelson Aguilar out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just took a weird <laughs> shot at him. Like on, on their local TV station. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, at least I'm not Nelson Aguilar. 
If there's any burning buildings in Chicago soon in the Windy City, people are not going to want Darnell Moody to save their babies, or really any of the Bears receivers. Uh, DJ uh, Moore. Maybe you, DJ you Moore. Be, you, you want Darnell Moody more than you want Tooney, though. Tooney would be inside the building accidentally. just burning. <laughs> He'd be kicking them out of the building. <laughs> Bro, he'd be running into the building. Let's just Tooney, Tooney would be in the wrong building, probably. He'd be in the building before the fire started, and then when it went off, he'd start leaving. Then he'd be like, he'd nobody, nobody, nobody told me there was a fire in the building, guys. What the hell? The refs are supposed to tell me there's a fire. Like, hey, who started that fire to begin with, guys? I'm just asking questions here. Who started that fire? Taylor <laughs> Swift will be in the, Taylor Swift will write a story. He's like going to force the fire marshal to retire because he's so pissed at Tony. We didn't start the fires about it's Taylor Swift's version. Of I'll just song. say this Kadarius right now. Tony. Kadarius Tony is my uh, super gremlin of the week. So we got that out of the way. Thank you. In lieu you know, of drops. I do love watching Mahomes have meltdowns on the sidelines. Like the worst thing in his life is his professional wide receiver dropping. Well, no, 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 no. It's his, it's his brother. It's his brother. It's his no, brother. It's his wife. Then it's his wife. It's his fucking wife, dude. Well, no. Hey, say what you want about Brittany Mahomes. She doesn't have a sexual harassment case out on against her. Dude, have you guys seen the video on TikTok where they're asking her about what his favorite pregame meal is? Have you guys seen Fried chicken. No, No, Mexican food. What the fuck? She says it like she's in sort of Disney's song in the South, and she's fucking putting on a minstrel show. (laughs) (laughs) Song in the South? He looks at her like, no. I can't believe you just did that. And the, the funniest thing is, she's like three years older than him. She's been with him since middle school, and she yeah. thinks it's, it's it's fried chicken. Oh my she god! She secured the bag. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, she just, knows how to invest. Yeah. <laughs> so does Joe. Let's yeah. uh, let's move I, I, on. I had a layup for someone there. I know that yeah, so surprisingly, Matt took the layup. I well okay surprisingly I did hey, layups there. layups and threes Joe's an analytics guy those are the two most effective shots baby yeah and also Adam twenty two from the No Layup podcast is not a believer no jumper no jumper no, <laughs> no jumper thing yeah yeah our 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 podcast is called No Layups um it's no it's, it's me and that he can't he can't really he Adam twenty two can't call his podcast No Layups considering how many people he's let lay up into his wife. Yeah, it's 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 me and the guy. I'll give that one like a five out of ten. That wasn't that good either. Uh, I like I like the intention though. Tom, do you want to go or should I go? Um, I'll go. I'll let you finish the. uh, We'll let Joe wrap it up. We're letting Joe finish it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah, then you go first, and I'll lead in. All right. Well, mine is T Higgins' mother. T Higgins had a great game. Uh, you know, there was an I guess incompl- this one's actually kind of funny. There was there was a play uh, right before the half where it looked like T. Higgins had caught a deep deep ball over someone's head, but it was incomplete. So T. Higgins' mom goes to Twitter and tweets out, no fucking way. And King Kenzo decided to tweet, incomplete. T. can't catch a ball to save his life. So what does T. Higgins' mother do? Like any loving mother, she defends her son saying, and your fat ass can't catch a fucking breath. So T. Higgins' mom <laughs> is my super gremlin. Considering this guy is also very chubby and he's wearing a Bengals jersey. It's incredible. That is peak. T. Higgins' mom is my super gremlin of the week. Um, you know, I don't hate you for picking one this week, so thank you for that. You're welcome. I've I've done you a service. That was your most tamed super gremlin potentially of all time. And you do it on the episode that you act the most rowdy in. It's the same way. He started the segment perfect with some beautiful stats, set it up very nicely, almost had laid it up. And that would he's just great. looking to get creds at the beginning and the end. So he thinks we look on him differently for mm, this. Probably. Exactly. You guys have cracked my formula, baby. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, my uh, my super gremlin is, is Joe Gill, who lived in my house for two months. He, uh, a lot really? of it was good. We had a good time listening to Bob Seger. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds, it sounds like we had a great time. The fact that I'm your super gremlin. This Play, week. Playing rock. <laughs> Joe, don't Joe, worry. I, I was a super gremlin two weeks ago. Joe, Joe, was, Joe was investing in GameStop, playing video games. We had a, No, we had a great time. There was one time in the middle of the night, and Joe, you might actually remember what you said, but like I'm dead asleep, and Joe whips open my door and like starts yelling like the inf- infantry is coming. And I was like, is this January 6th? No, and this is the thing. This is like pre-January 6th. <laughs> Pre-January 6th. And honestly, I like here's the thing. Like sometimes I'm like, Joe might know something. 
Does he know? Tom, Tom's telling this story like I had a, a fucking like a barrel, or not a barrel, like a bottle with a little neck and three X's on it, and I was shooting six shooters in the air when actually I just have sleep paralysis, and so like I hallucinate at night, and like there was nothing rowdy going on. I was just having. But I night. love, I love that Joe, Joe in the middle of this is like, I need to warn Tom, like, like Tom can't, Tom can't just sit here as a bystander, and uh, and and. So yeah, I I do I came away from it being like Joe. It was a good time. We played a lot of Rocket League. We uh we sang the Bob Seger, which probably annoyed the neighbors. And if anyone inf- infiltrated my apartment, Joe was there to save me. So I, I came away feeling. Joe's also here. underratedly like tall and intimidating. He's like dude. Six the funniest five. thing, Joe Joe would sit in this couch that definitely was broken, which was well before Joe sat in it. But like he'd kind of like curl up in it. And so when when my mom came over for something, she like Joe freaked the hell out of her because like Joe looked six two in the chair and then got up when it was six seven. <laughs> my mom, my mom, like I, she almost passed out. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Again, I think but, I'm the only member of the Sci- or, or adjacent to the Siamans and show whose height doesn't start with a six. It's probably true. You're Dad. also probably the only not white one, to be fair. Oh my lord, Matt! Wow. Wow. I'm just saying wow. it's not very diverse. I think I might need to talk to Sai about some things after this episode. <laughs> I was the affirmative action hire. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I remember uh, some really urgent meetings about how either this kid from the Carolinas or someone from Fiverr. He kept saying, "I don't know what that was about." It was very weird. Oh no, uh, Joe, let's hear your super gremlin. I can't wait. I, I'm going I'm going deep into the Sims and show lore here. My super gremlin is Eric Foster. Um, for those of you that don't know, Eric Foster was the original sound producer on the Sims and show, and he now is the sound producer for Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> he, fell, he fell into the classic uh, all right line of science this, this is how it went no, no, not... no, is a gateway to alt right dude yeah no this is how this is how the pipeline goes and i'm not bro, you not... hear his you hear his southern accent once and they're like oh i like this guy and then they don't listen to any of his other content they listen this is they listen to dueling ken dallas's and thought you know what this guy has some great ideas <laughs> they so dude this is the pipeline though okay eric foster guy who used to manage a comedy club in minneapolis he liked Infowars, but whatever right he goes from that to producing the siamson show to working for Caitlin Thielen of the Adam Thielen Foundation. No, that is second in the line. That is that might be that might line. be that might be more right than Dude. Jordan Peterson. Oh, buckle <laughs> the fuck up. His next job, Creed, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, yes. And now he works for Jordan Peterson. He literally went from just a comedy club guy to working for Doc. Sorry, I should say Doctor Jordan Peterson. I don't want to. Uh, I, I mean, don't we, we did him. skip over that. He liked actually. I'm pretty time. sure they took his doctorate away. All I'm gonna say is, have real. you guys seen? Have you guys seen that uh, that like uh, that graphic where it's like LeBron James, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Thaddeus Young? That's how I feel about. That's how I feel about Siams and Caitlin Thiel and Matthew McConaughey and Doctor Jordan Peterson. One of these things is very clearly not like the other, and I'll let you guys decide which one it is. Dude, so this guy also like you know he. I liked Eric until I found out all this crazy shit, right? He he got married and him and his wife's plan was to buy a boat and yes. around the world for a year as their honeymoon. And the entire time he was planning on continuing to work for Galen Thielen and Cy Robinson from the boat as a sound engineer. And they, they bought a boat in Duluth and they made it as far as the Caribbean before they got divorced and they come home. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yo, oh my I, God. I, I hope you. I hope you. I, I want you to know, Caitlin Thielen lives no joke less than five miles from me. So Uh-oh. next time, next time, do you want? Let me know if you want me to say anything to her. Yeah. No. I. I don't think that she'll listen. Let's to you. not dox professional <laughs> athletes' wives for just like two minutes. Hey, Randy Moss lives a mile from me, so you know, make that. He just doubles down. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Um, yeah. So anyway, my super gremlin, Eric Foster, he has pictures of him with Joe Rogan on his Instagram. If you guys want to go fall down that rabbit hole, just great stuff all around. Also, uh, according to Eric Foster, he knows how JFK died. Not one, not two. That's right, folks. Ten shooters. He thinks that there were ten shooters. <laughs> it was a Fortnite. It was Fortnite, dude. He was in the. Oh, my God. The, he was in the storm. They, they, they the didn't storm, dude. That didn't even happen on the show, did it? 
No, he had no, slurp he juice, dude. He didn't have enough slurp juice. Yeah, dude. Eric, Eric Foster thinks that they were literally mole people in the sewers of Dallas. I love. I love. Let's how, like, not. Let's not group up the mole people into this. Yeah. No, mole, mole people was just a euphemism. Yeah, he think he thinks that the real killer of JFK was a twelve-year-old kid who was in a sewer grate who just blew his head off from like ten feet. Now we're not going to be able to have Eric Foster on. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I just I love that Hans Molman dude shot at JFK dude that's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, I have to say it's under an hour, and I'm proud of that. So, free hit me with the sick line you say every single week that I love, and we'll we'll giddy up out of here. Well, as always, gentlemen, oh, no. it's been an honor, a privilege, and you've just completed your voyage on the love boat. Did you know that on the love boat, Fred Smoot used a double-sided 